Hello and welcome to The Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. With his faithful bullet Cato, Brett Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with the underworld, risking his life that criminals and racketeers within the law may feel its weight by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure, The Findlay Case. The Green Hornet strikes again! young publisher of the Daily Sentinel, was busy checking an editorial in his office with his secretary, Lenore Case. That last editorial you wrote really did credit to the paper, Miss Case. <laughs> in fact, it did credit to me, too. I did the best I could, Mr. Reed. Well, someday I'll get down to work and write them myself. But as long as I have someone like you around who can do it for me... I don't mind. I enjoy doing the editorials. Anyway, you always give me the idea. Thanks. That's something I do around here. <laughs> you know, Miss Case, sometimes I think that if I ever walked into the office and found that you were no longer here with me... Yes? <laughs> I'd uh, probably get down to work in earnest. Oh. Now, uh, this editorial, uh, the one you're going to write for the next edition, stress the need for better knowledge on the part of the voters as to the qualifications of the men they expect to vote for. Yes, sir. That is important if we hope to have good government. Well, that's what I'm driving at. You know how to write it up. I'll do the best I can on the subject. I know you will. Uh, now, about the... Oh, I'll get it. Mr. Reed's office? This is Mrs. Warren Findlay. May I speak to Mr. Reed, please? Mrs. Warren Findlay? Just a moment, I'll, I'll take see the call, Miss Case. Yes, sir. Good morning, Linda. Oh, hello, Britt. I hope I'm not interrupting you in your work. Not at all. What can I do for you? Well, Britt, I... I need advice, and the first one I thought of was you. Could you come over for tea this afternoon, say about 4.30, to talk to me? Why, yes, I think so. What's up, Linda? Well, it, it's something I can't very well discuss over the phone. I'll look for you at 4.30. You will come, won't you? Yes, of course. See you at 4.30. Goodbye. Hmm. A date for tea at 4.30, hmm? <laughs> Yes, with Linda Finley, a woman almost old enough to be my mother. Oh. <laughs> Incidentally, I'm a bit curious to know just why Linda Finley wants to talk to me. She's usually very reticent about her business. 
Is this Mrs. Finley married by any chance, Mr. Reed? Well, Linda's a widow. Her husband died two years ago. He's very wealthy and quite a socialite. Oh, I see. And you can't imagine why she should want to talk to you. No, I really can't. I think I can. Well, I'll get this editorial written up as soon as possible, Mr. Reed. <laughs> wonder what's eating her. Oh, well, who am I trying to figure out the ways of a woman? I'm sure curious to talk to Linda Finley. Oh, Charles, that must be Mr. Reed. Will you let him in, please? Yes, yes, of course. But what's happened to the butler? Why, this is his afternoon off. As my secretary, you should remember that, Charles. Oh, oh yes, I did forget that. I'll go to the door right away. Oh, hello, Britt. So nice of you to come. Do sit down. Thanks. Well, do you have a new butler, Linda? Or? Oh, that was my private secretary, Charles Darwin. Peters is off this afternoon. Oh, I wondered. I'll uh, have tea served shortly. Meantime, I'll, I'll tell you why I asked you to come over. Frankly, I'm quite curious to know. Then I'll get right to the point. Britt, I... I'm terribly worried. Really? What's the trouble? It's Don. Uh, my son, you know. Don? What's he been doing? Well, I thought he was quite a sensible chap for his age. Don is just 21. <laughs> so impulsive. I, I find lately I can't handle the boy at all. Just what is it you're trying to tell me? Well, certain facts have come to me lately, and last night I called Don into the study for a talk. He seemed to know what was coming and waited for me to open the conversation. Don, I, uh, I asked you to come in here to have a heart-to-heart -heart talk. After all, I am your mother, you know. I know that. I've known it for years. What is it you want to talk about, Mother? I'll come right to the point. Don, I won't stand for you running around with that Dasha Morley. That... That common showgirl. Dasha Morley may be a showgirl, but she's not common. Oh, don't quibble, Donald. I read that gossip column in tonight's paper about you being... Well, that way about that girl, I think that was the term they used. To think that a Finley would stoop to running around... Cut it out, Mother! Don't say something you'll be sorry for. Don't talk to me that way, Donald. I'm going to have my say, and you're going to listen. Okay. Go ahead and have your say. I'll listen, but it won't make any difference. Oh, yes. I think it will. Donald, people in our set just won't understand this this affair you're having with that girl. Stop and it, I... will you? It isn't any affair. You want the truth, I love Dasha. What? She's a swell girl and she loves me. Donald. And what's more... You can let it be known to the nosy people in our set that I'm going to marry Dasha Morley. If she'll have me. Donald, you, you... You don't mean that. Of course I mean it. Well, I... Well, of course she'd jump at the chance to marry a Finley, but... After all, She Donald, hasn't jumped at the chance yet. 
But I hope tonight I can persuade her to see things my way. Donald, I won't have it, do you hear? You must give up that girl once and for all. If you don't. Go on. If I don't. You'll never get one cent of the Findlay money. I mean that. Not one cent. Tell that uh, show person you won't have anything. And see how she reacts to that. If you mean you think she's after my money, you're mistaken, Mother. But no matter what you do, I'm going to marry Dasha Molly, and that's that. Oh, wait, Donald, I don't wait, care I, here I... anymore, thanks. Got to do something to keep Donald from doing this all. And that's the reason I sent for you, Britt. I need your advice. What can I do to break up this infatuation between my son and that awful woman? No, see here, Linda. That's uh, a little out of my line. Don's 21 years old. Oh, Britt, you, you must have some idea of how I might stop that scheming showgirl from running Listen, away Linda. with... I know you're mistaken about that girl, Dasha Morley. She's said to be very charming and pretty. And she's the understudy to the star of a big show. So she must have a good income. Oh, Britt. You mean to say you'd have a boy of our set stoop so low Don't as... Don't be a snob, Linda. It isn't becoming. That set business went out of style long ago. Today, the show business contains many of the social register. I suggest you meet the girl before you do anything else. Dear me. You too, Britt Reed. Oh, I can't imagine what the world's coming to. I'm sorry you have so little real advice to give me about the matter. Of course, uh, Don mustn't know we discussed this. He won't know it from me. I'm sorry, Linda. We don't see eye to eye on this matter. Oh, I might have known you men would stick together in such a thing. Well, never mind, Britt. I'll work it out in my own way. You must have tea before you leave. Really? If you'll excuse well, me, I... all right. <laughs> you busy man. Run along. Thanks. And goodbye, Linda. Goodbye, Britt. And uh, thank you for coming over. <clears throat> it was quite sweet of <laughs> I'll settle this without asking anyone's help. Charles. Charles. Yes, Mr. Finley. Come in here, Charles. There's something I want you to do for me. It's very important. Right away, Mr. Finley. Oh, Britt Reed thinks I should let matters rest a while, does he? I'll show him a thing or two. You want me for something important, Mrs. Finley? Yes, Charles. I, uh, I want you to go to my broker's office. I'll give you a large check to cash there. Yes, ma'am. And then I want you to return here with the money. By that time, I'll have a note written. I'll want you to take it to the Fairview Theater. See that it gets to Miss Darcia Morley. Yes, Mrs. Finley. Uh, here is the check. And remember, both of these errands are very important. After you've finished with them, you may take the evening off, Charles. I won't need you again until morning. Thank you, Mrs. Finley. I'll finish your party list in the morning, then. following morning, Britt Reed went to the Daily Sentinel building earlier than usual. 
Good morning, Mr. Reed. Good morning. Oh, yes, Marm, boss. Fine, Joe, thank you. Going up. Hold it, Harry. Good morning, sir. Well, how's everything, Harry? Fine, Mr. Reed. You don't usually get in this early, do you? No, not as a general rule. I have a lot to do today. Say, have you taken Mike Axford up yet? Why, no, sir, not yet. Oh, I guess he'll be coming up shortly. Here's your floor, Mr. Reed. Thanks, Harry. Good morning, Miss Case. Mr. Reed. Anything important this morning? Nothing that I know of. I have the morning mail right here. All right, bring it into my office. We'll get that out of the way first. Yes, sir. Go right in. Thank you. Well, that's quite a pile of letters. Yes, considering there's nothing very important in the pile. Oh, I'm not so sure. I haven't checked the mail over yet. I just opened the envelopes. Oh. <laughs> you must have been out pretty late last night. Oh, rather late. I was out rather late myself. I went to the last show of a movie at the Citywide. <laughs> and as I went into the row of seats, a funny thing happened. A man on the end stood up to let me pass. The newsreel was on. Pardon me, please. Mm, oh, of course, of course. <laughs> it's so dark in here. I... Oh, well, of all the... What? What's the matter? Chewing gum on his seat. Oh. It's on my suit, my hands. Sit down in front. Chew the gum and keep quiet. Usher! Usher! Yes, sir? My suit is ruined with chewing gum. I want to see the manager. Well, I'll take your name, sir. If my name can... is Charles Darwin. But I insist you take me to the manager's office. Take the guy out and drown him. <laughs> the manager's already got some gun. <laughs> oh, come with me, sir. I'll take you to him right away. Very well. It's an outrage when a person has to put up with that sort of thing. This is an outrage. Chewing gum. Whoever... <laughs> he went steaming out with people making cracks as he went up the aisle. <laughs> he left his head on the seat so that no one would take his place. And then he didn't stay long when he did come back. <laughs> I see. Yeah, I can imagine, though, why I'd be upset. Leaving gum under a theater seat like that is a dirty trick. <laughs> it ruins other people. Hi, Reed. Hi, Casey. Man alive, have I got news, Reed. Oh, it's a good thing you have. What's happened, Axford? Murder, that's what. The news just came in. Murder? Oh, we get a lot of murders to write about, Michael. Yeah? Well, not murders like this murder, Casey. This is one of them murders that'll have people talking all over the city. One of them kind Get of to the point, Axford. Who was murdered? That big society woman, Mrs. Warren Findlay. That's who. Uh, Mrs. Findlay? When did it happen? Are they sure she was murdered? Holy crow, hold on. Both of you sound like a couple of cops grilling a suspect. What details do you have on an axe Her justice read. Seems the butler and Mrs. Findlay's secretary were both off for the evening last night. The other servants were in bed. That is, a cook and a housemaid. I see. The butler came home late, about 1 a.m., and seeing a light in the study, shining under the door, he didn't go in, thinking the missus was waiting up for her son like she often did. He went to bed, but got up later to let in the secretary, who said he forgot his key. When did they find her body? This morning, Reed. The housemaid went in to clean. The light was still on, and the missus was dead, shot to death. Uh, that's certainly startling news, Axford. Yes. 
Especially since you talked to Mrs. Findlay only yesterday. You did read? Yes, I went there to see her before dinner. Axford, you better stick at police headquarters and get all the dope on the case. Okay, Reed. I'll go on down right now. You never can tell what'll break in a case like that anyhow, Reed. Leaving the Daily Sutville building a few minutes later, Mike Axford went to police headquarters. He decided that the quickest way to get any new information was to go directly to Inspector Evans' office. He was seated in the inspector's office asking about the Finley case when someone tapped on the door. Come in. Now, Axford, as I just told you, it doesn't mean a I thing. I pardon, and... Inspector, but this is Mrs. Finley's private secretary. I think you'll be interested in what he has to say. Oh, good. Thank you, Sergeant. Sit down, Mr. Oh, um... His name's Darwin, sir. Charles mm-hmm. Darwin, Inspector. Come on, Axford. Guess we better get Oh, going. wait, Sergeant. Both of you. Okay. Now, Mr. Darwin, what is it you have to say about the Finley case? I think you should know, Inspector, that Mrs. Finley had words with her son. It was more than that. It was almost a definite break between them. Because of Darsha Morley, an actress at the Fairview Theater. What about the son, Sergeant? We checked him, of course, sir. He stayed at his club last night. Though he didn't get in till after 3 a.m., they said. One other thing, Inspector. Go ahead, Darwin. What is it? The girl, Darsha Morley, had violent words with Mrs. Finley last night also. She did. How do you know all this? I was still there. I left just after the girl came to see Mrs. Finley, who had sent for her. You see, Mrs. Finley threatened to cut her son, Donald, out of her will if he didn't stop seeing Miss Morley. He went out in a rage. When was that? Night before last. He went to his club and sent for his clothes yesterday. You say the girl, Darsha Morley, had words with Mrs. Findlay last night? Yes, sir. I took a note over to her from Mrs. Findlay. The girl came to the house about 9 o'clock. She was upset, and I took her directly to the study. As I went through the hall later on my way out to a picture show, I heard Mrs. Findlay and the girl talking. And what's more, young woman, I'm not only asking. I'm demanding that you give up my son. And what if I don't care to give him up, Mrs. Finley? I'm quite sure you will, my dear. This envelope may be of interest to you. Mm. Envelope? Of interest to me? I don't understand. That envelope contains $20,000 in cash. Take it. Keep it. But give up my boy. I, I could almost kill you for this. This insult, Mrs. Finley. Keep your cash. Well. I I can't imagine you being the mother of a boy like Don. You're a straight-laced snob. And I'm sorry I even bothered coming over here. And as I went out the front door, the two women continued to argue. To my way of thinking, Inspector, either one of them two, the son or his girlfriend, could have been the murderer. Have them both picked up for questioning, Sergeant. Yes, sir, right away. Come on, Axel. Sergeant Burke and Axford left Inspector Evans' office and, taking a squad car, went to carry out the inspector's orders in person. Within a short time, they had located and taken into custody both Darcia Morley and Don Finley. Later, Don, very much upset, paced the floor of headquarters while Inspector Evans questioned Darcia Morley in private. Now look here, Sergeant. How much longer do I have to wait in here? Where's Miss Morley? 
Why can't I be with her while the inspector questions her? Now, take it easy, son. We'll soon be knowing what's what. But she didn't do it, I tell you. And neither did I. We were together all evening after she left my mother's house. Dasha couldn't kill anyone. Hey, Sarge. Yeah? Son, I guess you're free to go now. Well, it's about time. Where will I find Miss Morley? Uh, uh, I just got word, sir. You see, she's staying here. But like I said, you're in the clear, No, so... no they made Dodger say what she did it. But she didn't, do you hear? She didn't. Now take it easy, son. After all, if the girl said but she, she did... But she lies. She's shielding me. Dasha didn't do it. I did. I'm the one you want, not Dasha. All right, Sergeant. Get a stenographer in here right away. Prepare to book Don Findlay for his mother's murder. Extra, extra, pepper, Don Findlay help for murder. Get your daily set in the Lexi. Here you are, mister. Come socialite confesses. Here you are, here you are, lady. Get your extra, pepper here. dinner for you, Mr. Britt. Get ready a long time now. I'm not very hungry, Cato. Well, you not look right. You worried, perhaps? I'm thinking about young Finley. Well, he boy who killed own mother. He was tricked into that confession, Cato. Wouldn't hold up in court. But with a jury, circumstantial evidence would go against him. Then you not think he guilty? No, I don't think so. In fact, I'm almost certain both he and the girl are innocent. Well, maybe you get Proof, perhaps? The Green Hornet might get proof. It's worth a try, anyway. Come on. We'll get to the Black Beauty. Stepping through a secret panel in the rear of a closet in a bedroom, Britt Reed and Cato went along a narrow passageway built within the walls of the apartment itself. This passage led to an adjoining building which fronted on a dark side street. Those supposedly abandoned... This building served as the hiding place for the sleek, super-powered Black Beauty, streamlined car of the Green Hornet. Britt Reed pressed a button. The great car roared into life. A section of the wall in front raised automatically, then closed as the gleaming Black Beauty sped into the darkness. going, Mr. Britt? To Mrs. Finley's home, Cato, to search for the murder weapon. The police didn't locate it. But it'd not be easy to get into study. Perhaps police watch. I'm not going to look in the study. We'll get in the back of the house. I want to search that secretary's room for the gun. Well, the secretary? Well, that Miss uh, Charles Darwin? Yes. Darwin's alibi is a little too pat. He went to a picture show. Made a fuss so he'd be noticed. Then, on that one night, forgot his key so he had to awaken the butler to get in. Oh, but that make good alibi, Mr. Brick. Yes. Only Miss Case mentioned that he didn't stay through the picture. 
He came back to his seat after making a complaint to the manager's office, got his hat, and a few minutes later, left the theater. Oh, well, that's different. I'll say it is. Axford told me that when the police questioned the theater manager checking Darwin's alibi, the manager said that after the picture was over and the theater closing, Darwin made it a point to speak again to him in the lobby. Presumably, as Darwin was on his way out. But if Miss Case see him leave earlier... That's right, she did. He had almost an hour and a half in which to go home, kill Linda Findlay, and get back to the theater. After the theater, he went to a bar and then got home at three, waking the butler to get in. Well, maybe Darwin be in room when we get there. So much the better. Then we won't have to search. Step on it, Cato. Mr. Britt, light in lower room at back, you say, is Darwin's room. Yes, Darwin's is in there, too. You wait out here, kiddo. Try to ease the window open. He's left the room for a moment. There it is. Be careful. He killed her. I'll be all right. Just keep him covered with your gun. When he comes... Here he is. Hello, Darwin. What? What? How did you get in here? Windows are easy for me. I came for my share of that $20,000. So the Green Hornet thinks he's going to pull a bluff, huh? I've got the gun, Darwin. Yeah. Well, that's right. You have got me covered. But I don't know anything about $20,000. Stop stalling. Get that cash. Well, I... All right, I have it hidden behind these books. I'll get it. Hurry up. Now, Horn, I have a gun. I'll use it on you. Oh, my arm! Let's stop him. Thanks. That gun is what I really want, Darwin. This will be proof against you when you're taken in for the murder of Mrs. Finley. Wait, you can't do that. I didn't take a bit of this gas killer. Gas killer? Breathe. I'll wrap this gun in this handkerchief and leave it with a note. Someone will come in in a moment if they heard that shot. Have to get out of here, but fast. Morning, Reed. Hi, Casey. So it's you again. Oh, every morning the same thing. Interruptions by Axford. And Period. always with a bit of news, <laughs> says he. <laughs> Go ahead, make fun of me, Reed. But believe it or not, I have come in with a bit of news. Headline stuff, no less. Like what, for instance? Yes, what's the big news this time, Mike? They found the gun that killed Mrs. Finley, that's what. They did? Oh, good for the police. Uh, it's a break for them two kids, Don Finley and the girl. You see, the gun has the secretary's fingerprints on it. Really? Has he confessed to the killing? No. Nope. Charles Darwin is still sticking to his alibi. Carter tried to break him on that. But the gun is going to be his undoing in the end. Wait a minute, Michael. Did you say that secretary's name is Charles Darwin? Sure. Why? Well, that's the name of the man I told you about, Mr. Reed. The one in the movies, remember? Say, so it is. Didn't you say he left early? Yes, he did. Axford, drive Miss Case down to see Inspector Evans. Uh, 
She can break Darwin's alibi in a hurry. Oh, my goodness. Come on, Cassie. You'll be a hero along with the Green Hornet. He put Darwin on the spot. <laughs> Same old double cross, I guess. Oh, Michael, you make me shiver. Don't ever connect my name with the Green Hornet. I'd faint with fright if I ever met him. <laughs> Don't worry, Miss Case. I'd try to be there to catch you when you fainted. Oh, oh Mr. Reed. <laughs> Ain't that something? <laughs> Go along and do your duty, Miss Case, by getting that killer behind bars. Then hurry back. There's an editorial to get out. Michael, I, I guess I'll never understand men. Especially Mr. Reed. Let's go. Copyrighted dramas originate in the studios of WXYZ Detroit, and all characters, names, places, and incidents used are fictitious. Al Neal speaking.